You are listening to the Life Church podcast. To learn more about Life Church, our gathering times at any of our central Indiana locations, or our life crew online, visit us at lifechurchin.com or follow the link in the description. Today's talk is from Pastor Derek Lopez. The Christmas story, we're going to look at some of that today. And, you know, with Christmas in full swing, all the bad news in the world, it's good that we have some good news that we can look at. And so starting in Luke chapter 2, he says that, that there were shepherds living out in fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were terrified. So these guys are just doing their job. They're just out in the field, and then boom, an angel shows up. And they're, they're scared, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. For unto, uh, unto you, next verse, un, but, but the angel said to him, that he said, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born unto you, he is the Messiah, the Lord. And it says, this will be a sign to you, you will find a baby wrapped in cloths lying in a manger. And then all of a sudden, suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel. So picture this. You're looking outside at night at the sky, and the sky is full of angels. Not just shoulder to shoulder, but in depth also. Can you imagine? It's dark outside. There's one shining angel, and then boom, there's millions of angels in the sky. What would you feel like? Scared. These guys wet their pants, right? (laughs) And they were saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to whom his favor rests. So a lot of times, Charlie Brown Christmas story misquotes this. It actually says peace to all men. No, it's peace to whom his favor rests. And who does his favor rest on? Those who believe in the message of the gospel. Because they can't have peace unless they know the peacemaker the Lord Jesus. So that's what we're going to talk about today a little bit is about how it's good news. He says, hey, don't fear, although you have all these shining angels throughout the sky, don't fear. I've got some good news for you. And so we're going to talk about that good news. And Paul, he even mentions about how the good news spreads in Romans chapter 10. And he says, But what it does say, speaking of the the word, it says the word is near to you. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we are preaching. That if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised from the dead, you will be saved. That's the good news. For with a heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. For scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. There is no distinction between Jew and Greek. So the, the, the message of God came first to the Jews, and then once Jesus died on the cross, the veil was torn. It was open to everybody. And so he says that, that abounding in riches, that for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Verse 14 says, how then are they to call on him unless they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without a preacher? And how are they to preach unless they're sent? 
Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. Good news of good things, beautiful feet. I don't think about feet much. I don't think about feet being beautiful either. I don't know if you do, but I don't. Uh, You know, Jesus, he washed the disciples' feet. And he said, just as I've done, do to one another, serve each other is what he's saying. He's giving a picture. Well, I was in my early 20s at another church, and, and uh, I had a friend challenge me to, to, to wash his feet. He's like, you need to serve. You need to know what it's to serve. And we're all in a group. We're in this small group. And I'm like, fine, let's do it. Well, it was a bad move because he, didn't t- he, he jogged in his shoes. He had sweaty feet. And so I got down, I took his shoes off, and then the socks came off, and then I poured water, I poured water on him, right? <laughs> and so, I'm trying not to gag even now. And I was joking, I'm being serious. But it smelled bad. I don't think about beautiful feet, I think about gross, nasty, smelly feet. I don't wanna see feet, I don't wanna talk about feet. I don't, I, don't, I don't want to touch feet. I don't want my feet touched. Like, right? It's one of the things that like, but the Bible says that it's good news. It's that they're beautiful feet because of those who bring the good news. And you think about our Savior. He was the first to come. Actually, John the Baptist was the first to come because he came before the Lord preparing the way for him. But they were baby feet. They were beautiful that came. We celebrate the feet of our Lord. And who would have thought it was, it, was, it, was, it was sweet baby feet? And no one thinks baby feet are disgusting. I think that's one reason that Christmas is more celebrated than Easter, because the, the message is Jesus came. The message of Easter is hey, Jesus died, and he rose back to life. Because it's something that's simpler, because they can identify more with, with uh, you know, sweet baby Jesus, Right? That's not the point. I just went on a tangent (laughs) about that. But beautiful feet. The prophet Isaiah spoke of our Savior in Isaiah 52, 7. When he prophesied, he said, How delightful uh, delightful on the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who announces peace and brings uh, news of happiness, who announces salvation and says to Zion, Our God reigns. Beautiful feet, beautiful message. And you know, we think about, we think about those who, who share the gospel and share the good news about Christ. We think about missionaries. We think about those who are far off. We think about even evangelists. We think about people who are doing things, but not necessarily here. And you know, that those people have beautiful feet, but you know what? We're all called to share the good news. Now, why are we called to share the good news? We're called to share the good news because we have all sinned. That's the bad news. You can't have good news without the bad news. The bad news is we've all fallen short of the standard that God has. Every one of us. We've all sinned. We've all gone our own way. And even from the point of birth, because the blood that's in us is from our Father who is sinful, But the good news is Jesus came 
And his father never knew sin. So he didn't have any sin in him. See, every, every person who is born, they're destined one day, unless they come to know the Lord, from the time that they breathe their first breath to being in, in eternity in damnation in hell. That sounds strong, but that's true. It's important that we all remember that. There's a place of everlasting torment, and it's called hell, and it's real. And so it's important that when we see people, and we see our neighbors and family, and we have opportunities, that we act on that opportunity. My father-in-law told us a story at Thanksgiving about how he was at the gym, and he's in his 70s, he's still moving, he's still grooving, right? But he's in the gym, and, and he prayed, Lord, if there's any opportunity to share the gospel with anybody, just make it so clear to me. And this guy comes up and says to him, you know what? I'm in my late 70s. All of my friends die. I'm the last one left. And he said, well, that's a softball, right? And so he acted on it. We want to make sure we act on it and we share with people because you know what you and I and when we share the message of the gospel we share the goodness of God with others we have beautiful feet and we walk around with we, we to those who we bring the gospel to they see us as we have beautiful precious feet because we bring the message of salvation and so we're going to talk about good news great joy for all people not just in far off places, not just in the town, but good news in our home. And we're going to talk about what this Christmas season should look like. It says back at, uh, back at Luke 2, it says good news of great joy that will be for all people. Everyone say all people. Now, with this message, I'm going to mess up your Christmas picture a little bit. And so are you glad you came to church for that? So, nativities are something that have been pictured, whether it is from uh, past beliefs or even the King James Version. The King James Version is great, but there's some things that they didn't know how to translate some words. But we ha I have some pictures of some nativities up here, if you guys could put that on the screen, the first one. This is the first nativity. I think these are hilarious a little bit. Okay, and I'll explain to you why I have a weird mind, but it's okay. Also, everyone in these photos is white. They're all white people. I think about the joke that there's a white guy and a black guy. The white guy says, no, Jesus is white. The black guy says, no, Jesus is black. But, but they both, they know the Lord. They both die. They go to heaven. When they get there, they both come in to heaven. They walk in and Jesus walks into it and says, buenos noches. Because he had brown skin, right? So I think that's funny that most nativities have all white people. But, but this one, like Jesus has a halo over him. He's barely on the, uh, the manger. And Joseph's standing there looking so proud. Like everything is sweet in this moment. We're with some animals. And then this guy's playing a flute or something. Why does he have a recorder? I don't know. Sometimes they put bagpipes in these. What? But anyways, move to the next one, please. So this one, these are some old paintings, but uh, 
obviously, I don't know what's happening, but you have Mary, she was wearing blue, and then Jesus, he's barely on the manger as well. She's more concerned about pulling the thing off of him so he might fall off the manger than holding the baby. And then you have, I don't think that's Joseph. I think that's a priest that's just hanging out in the back of this little book. And then you have, this guy has eggs. You see the eggs? And then, and then there's little girls that just show up. They weren't in the, what? I don't know. I think it's just funny how we have nativities. In the next one, we've got four of these total. This is a very English one. Um, Jesus is completely unclothed. We needed to draw him that way. And then this guy has a, a super staff uh, that shoots fire out of the top. And there's a random Mother Teresa in the back. And Joseph is plotting something. He's plotting his escape. If you could go to the next one. This one's my favorite. This one's my favorite because uh, I, think, I think this one's probably more accurate. But I love that the kings are there and they show up and they have their, their, their garb on and everything. And then you have the little, you see at the bottom? That's the little drummer boy, everybody. You have, but you have these, these, um, these guys that look almost like sultans, but they didn't show up for two years. They saw the star and they're like, hey, we should go see that guy. I just think it's funny how we have these pictures in our mind, especially in our American culture, where everybody's white, one, and then two, it, like, this was not like that. This was not that pretty. This was loud and this was nasty and gross. Now, my favorite nativity, I'm just gonna say, it's my favorite nativity of all time I've ever seen. I should have bought it, but I didn't know how to get it home. Was it had, it had the manger, had, had, had all the people and the animals and everything, but at the center was the cross. Jesus was the cross. It's important we remember the reason that he came was to go to that. But to give you a, a little bit of a picture that, that when they show up, a lot of times we read that they came to the end. That's what the King James says, that they came to the end. But really, that's a, that's a bad word that's translated for the King James. And, and really, it would have, been, it would have meant a sleeping floor or second floor sleeping area. Was, it was something that was traditional in the home. And it's possible, I mean, Mary and Joseph probably didn't have a whole lot of money. Right? They probably didn't have a whole lot of favor with her family because she, was, she became pregnant out of wedlock. And so they go, to, they go to Bethlehem. Joseph has family there. And this is possible. I'm not saying this is the case. I'm just, just hang with me. It's possible that Joseph showed up at his family's home. And he shows up and he's rejected. They say, hey, there's no room for you. Regardless of the case, they were told there's no room for you. And it's possible that they actually slept on the lowest floor where they kept the animals to keep them from being stolen or hurt or attacked. And so they stayed in that place. And so a lot of us, we picture a guy at the end, maybe with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth saying, there's no room for you here, kid. Beat it, right? 
well, I got this one spot you can take. That's, I mean, that's how I picture it as a kid, like just this mean guy. But Jesus was rejected. He was rejected. Mary and Joseph were rejected. Maybe even possibly because of the scandalous thing that had happened. Or so they thought. And so they're sleeping with animals. They're with animals. They probably have dung and stuff on their feet. Probably it's getting in their skin, the smells. It's awful. And then even the trough that Jesus was laid in, if you could show a picture of that. It was actually, oh, I guess I didn't have it in there. But it was a stone trough. So it wasn't actually a wooden trough like we're used to. It would have been stone because it was a feeding trough. I mean, you can hold liquid better in stone than you can in wood. And so he's in this cold manger. He's in this, he's in, maybe at the bottom of this house with all these animals, the busyness. And, and, and sometimes we think about it being glamorous, but it wasn't. And Jesus chose to leave heaven for that. It was so important that he came, and he came in the most humble ways because he wanted to identify with you and I as a human. He's a great king. He's a good king. And you know, the bad news is, is that life is not always a bed of roses. Sometimes it's a, it's, a, it's a bunch of thorns that you get in your side. And the thorns for us was, is sin. But the good news is that Jesus has a home for all of us. And he wants us to remember that. Now the manger scene, what it shows me, is that all of us, we're all welcome. Jesus is saying, it doesn't matter how dirty you are, it doesn't matter how messy you are, it doesn't matter how stinky your life is, there's a place for you. And so we need to understand that. And I want to help everybody today because we're going to talk about some of the ways that we can share with others and how we can, as we have, as you have Christmas events, as you have people come over, as you have friends, family, maybe you don't call them a friend in your family, but as you have these events, as you have Christmas, I wanna help you with what, some, some things that will help you, I said that a lot, I was trying to find my words, but I wanna help you this Christmas. Say the same thing again. So we're gonna start, number one is we're gonna start with the Christmas story. Okay, so when you have Christmas with your family, say, hey, look, before we open the presents, before we eat the meal, before whatever, say, hey, look, can we, can we just read the Christmas story? And you know what's so great about that is the word of God does not return void. And so even if they disagree with you, they probably will say yes, because <laughs> who wants to be the guy that says, no, you can't read the Christmas story on Christmas? <laughs> who wants to be that jerk? And so start with, you can go to Luke chapter two. Hey, if you really wanna mess with people though, you can go to Luke chapter one. Okay, because what happens is Luke writes why, why he's writing what he's writing, and then Mary gets the news about the angel, and then Zacharias shows up and he goes into the temple. He has a huge angel appear to him, says he's gonna have this boy named John. Then he can't speak anymore and he's mute until he says, yeah, we'll name him that. And so it's kind of crazy, 
But it's, it, it's intriguing to people because it's some parts they've never heard of the Christmas story. So maybe start with Luke 1. Maybe send it to somebody. You can send, uh, you can send scripture to people from the Bible app. And so, so we want to make sure that we, we focus on what the Christmas story actually is and say, hey, can I, just, can I just read that Christmas story before we begin? And so number two is this, acknowledge God's goodness. Now this is acknowledging all that God has done throughout the year. Now for us, we had Thanksgiving. Uh, for lunch, we went to my wife's family. And, and just so everyone knows, my wife is number nine of 10 kids in their family. And so, and there's 34 grandkids. It's crazy. Josie actually made me a flip book when we were dating so I could try to remember people's names. I actually, last year I had a kid come up to me and I thought he was a foster kid because there's foster kids in the family. And I said, hey buddy, what family are you here with? And he looked at me and said, I'm with my mom and dad. I was like, oh, cool man. Still don't know his name. But, because there's so, I've seen him once a year. Like, but, but we get around in a circle at Thanksgiving, everyone shares what they're thankful for. It's important that we do that even at Christmas time, that we're thankful, the whole point should be we're thankful Jesus came. And so we get around, we get around in the room and we start sharing and one kid speaks and he says, I don't wanna go yet. And they said, that's not how it works, buddy. And he said, but I did not know. I did not know that's not how it works. So I'm cracking up at him. Then you get to Sadie down the line through 20 people down to my youngest daughter, Sadie. And Sadie says, I'm thankful for my mom, for my dad. She names her brothers and sisters. And then she says, in Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> but my favorite is everyone was sharing how many years they've been married and how thankful they are for how many years they've been married. Well, then you get to this little guy, Teddy, who's sitting right next to me. And he says, I'm thankful for zero years of marriage. <laughs> was it Teddy? It was, it was the kid I didn't know his name. So I do know his name. His name's Teddy. <laughs> but he's zero years of marriage. So that was, that was fun. But, but, but we want to share. We remember God's goodness in our life. Maybe you had a big event that happened. Maybe you saw God's goodness. Maybe he moved in finances. Maybe you had a new family member who got married in or had a little kid that was born into the family. Take a minute. Like scripture says, acknowledge him in all your ways and he'll direct your paths. Acknowledge him. I got to move on because I'm losing time. But number three is be wise with your words. We want to be wise with our words. You know, that can be hard, right? Especially because we don't know what's necessarily going to offend somebody. And so even if we say it, sometimes we might say, well, I'm sorry that offended you, right? We want to be wise in what we say. We want to be wise when we talk about political things. We want to be wise when we, when we, we talk about even uh, comparing Christmas to Christmases before. We don't want to say things like, well, the turkey was better last year. Or the Christmas presents were better last year. So, guilty as charged, mom. So I've done that in the past. But, but we want to be wise with our words and what we say. We want to be careful with what we speak because whether we like it or not, those in our family who don't know Jesus, they're watching you yeah. because you proclaim the peacemaker. 
And if your words don't bring peace, you don't want to be like, let me say it this way. You don't want to be like the Pharisees and Sadducees who Jesus ended up saying to them, you, you take someone, make them disciple, but you make them twice a person of hell. We want to make it easy. We had someone at Thanksgiving at my mom and dad's who said to another individual who, had, who hadn't worked for a little bit, but they're about to become a police officer. They've already been hired for the police force. And this person just said straight to them, said, uh, you're, you're, are you still being lazy and not working? And he said back to him, no, I'm about to start with the police force. And he said, oh, so, you have, so you're still lazy right now. Who knows that person didn't build a bridge, that person built a wall. And we wouldn't be careful not to build a wall with our family members especially those who don't know Jesus. So I guess if they know Jesus, you can go ahead and build that wall. No, I'm kidding. That was a joke. This kind of went over. But we want to be careful with our words and not build a wall with everybody. We don't want to do that. We want to build a bridge. Remember Jesus came to build a bridge because how great the chasm was between us and God? And we're, we're ambassadors for Christ Jesus. We don't, want to build, we don't want to build a wall. We want to build a bridge. Amen, everybody? Be wise with your words. Number four, leave the TV off and put your cell phone away. And four and five kind of lead into each other. So I can hear clapping. Are you, are you trying to get your spouse to listen? Or, but four and five kind of go together. Just turn it off, put it away. I'm not saying you can't watch a ball game also. I'm not saying that you can't, you can't even share a funny video with your, with your loved ones. I'm not saying you can't watch a Christmas movie. But what I'm, what I'm saying is that, that we also, we want to turn off the news. When people come over, they don't want to come over to hear your opinions from somebody else. Turn that bad boy off. You can't trust Fox News or CNN or MSNBC fully anyway. Right. You just can't. But we just want to turn that stuff off and focus. Because, you know, people want you. They don't want, they don't want all the media. They just want you. Play games with somebody. Beat somebody in euchre. Yeah. Number five is be present. Now, my wife and I, we have, since I've been in ministry, we, she always gives me like a, a little pep talk. It's usually around the 22nd or 21st. But she's like, hey, Christmas Day is coming. You're going to need to suck it up, buttercup. You're going to be tired. You're going to need to be present. She does it every year, and it works. It helps. It does. And so we want to be present because we don't want to miss the moment. We only get so many moments with our loved ones, and then how many of us will regret it when they're gone? We want to be present. Number six is ignore the date on the calendar. Now that, let me explain what I mean. What I mean is just because you may not be able to meet on Christmas Eve, or maybe you're not able to meet on Christmas Day, that's okay, because you're going to be at the Christmas services, right? But you, you want, you want, I'm just kidding. You want to ignore that date. It's not about the date. It's about being with the people. If January 11th works, let January 11th work. And then don't say out loud at the event, 
well, this is great, but it would have been so amazing if we could have met on Christmas Day. Like, everybody has that person in the family. (laughs) Ignore the date on the calendar and just get a date that works for everybody. Number seven is don't pick a fight. Don't pick a fight. And look, let's be honest. I'm going to be vulnerable with you, okay? Sometimes it's fun to pick a fight. (laughs) It is fun. I've got a brother that, uh, maybe I shouldn't have said that, but it's too late now. So, I just won't tell you which one. But I have a brother that is deathly afraid of clowns because, and this is sinister, one of his uncles that you probably will never know, uh, showed him when he was like four the movie It. Yeah, now I'm his brother, okay? Everyone keep that in mind. And I've stopped doing this. Don't do this anymore. So I would send him gifts with clowns in the box. Yeah, send him gifts with clowns. So, but it would, it would cause him to get angry. So we don't do that anymore. I've chosen, don't pick fights. We're not gonna pick fights anymore, okay? Look, your pastor is not perfect, so everyone knows. I'm just trying to bring some humor in this message, that's all. But we don't want to pick fights with people. We don't, want to, we, don't want to, we don't want to use even Jesus' name as a club to beat somebody over the head with. Well, you just need to repent and come back to the Lord. Hey, let the Holy Spirit do a work in them. It's the goodness of God that's meant to lead us to repentance. It's not... It's, it's not us just beating someone over the head with scripture. We can say it in a way that allows the Holy Spirit to convict versus us just pressing our opinions on somebody. Number eight is be generous. So when I say, yeah, be generous financially, come to the Christmas miracle uh, offering service and, and give and be generous, but, but be generous with people with your time. Be generous to them. They love you. You only have a few hours with them. Be generous in your words. How many times do do people say at funerals, I wish I would have said blah, 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 or I wish I would have heard blah, blah, blah from that individual? We need to be careful. We need to speak life over everyone and say, hey, I'm proud of you. I love you. I'm glad to be with you. You are a blessing. It's fun to be here with you. You want to speak life and not death. Think about this. I usually, get a, I usually give a benediction at the end of service. Do you know why I give it? Because I want someone to speak life over me. And if I'm that way, I know you guys are that way. Let's speak benedictions over people this Christmas and speak life and be generous. Number nine is pray before you go. Who knows that nothing good happens in the spiritual necessarily, or in the natural, unless it first happens in the spiritual. And you know, someone prayed for our soul. I have grandparents that, that came to know the Lord at a Billy Graham crusade in Indianapolis. But you know what? They prayed before those people came. Pray before you go. Ask for wisdom. The Bible says if we ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom, he'll give it to us generously. 
without finding fault. He'll give us wisdom, ask for wisdom. Lord, help me with my words because I'm a human and I'm a man and I can be stupid sometimes. Help me. Just trying to be funny also. Number 10, consider who else needs the good news. The Bible says this in Romans chapter 10, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on him unless they have not believed in him? And how can they believe in the one they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach to them unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. It's important we remember our friends and family are headed to a Christless eternity. It's important that we share with them the goodness of God. Now there's some, there's some ways you can do it. You can look up Romans Road on, online. So look at Romans Road, it will lead you through. I'm a sinner, Romans 3.23, then Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. Then Hebrews 9, 27, for each man is destined to die once and face judgment. Hey, after you die, there's judgment. But the good news is Jesus came. Then you go to Romans 10, 9 and 10. But if you're uncomfortable with that, invite them here. Invite them to the Christmas services because I'm gonna do the best I can to give the picture of the gospel to people. Because what's the point if we preach and we don't give the gospel? What's the point? We need to give it every time. I had a dream when I was 19. In this dream, I'm gonna share with you, I believe it was from the Lord, I saw a girl on a stretcher, and I, I'm not saying that hell is this way, but this is just what I saw, and it wrecked me. She was being tortured by a demon in this dream. And there might be some deliverance message in that to me in that dream, how people are tortured, even in this life, but after this life, the fire doesn't stop. And it, it wrecked me. And so I am following Jesus with what I have in the message of the gospel. Because if you don't know Jesus, people don't know Jesus, they're gonna be tortured. Whether it's by a demon or not. And there are people who are tortured in this life. They're bound by their sin. They're bound by the works of the devil. They're bound by drugs and alcohol. And we need to help father, sons, and daughters into the kingdom. It's important, it's the most important thing in this life is that people come to know Jesus because he's the light of the world. And if you go to a Christmas event and you speak however you want and you don't have a filter on your mouth and you say whatever you want and you speak and treat people however you want to treat them, you have lost your saltiness and the salt is no longer good. It's thrown out like Jesus said. Be wise with your words. I can't, we can't do, preachers can't do this on their own. 
You know, we're at a point in history where people will no longer, in in the future, they're not gonna come to church buildings. Scripture actually says that every religious structure will be torn down one day. The gospel's gotta get in our hearts and into our people. And I'm asking for your help, because I, we need it. All I'm asking, invite somebody to church. We'll share with them the good news of of Jesus Christ, how he came to make a way where there was no way. Help me help you. You don't want your friends and family to go to hell for all of eternity. I know this might seem harsh and it's super somber, but that's why we're here, is to give the good news of Jesus Christ. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to rate us, share with a friend, and hit subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you stream your podcasts. Our mission is simple. Come to life, connect to grow, find your purpose, make a difference. Thanks for listening to the Life Church Podcast.